The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey gang, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. As we, here we, This is the new de facto intro as, as we sit in self-isolation. You know, we're practiced at this, though. Like we've, This is how we've done the podcast since day one, in isolation from each other. <laughs> That's not true. The first podcast I ever did with you was together. Okay, fine. One out of what, 220 episodes? Who's day seven? Not day one. <laughs> Can you you want to do the math on that, Corey? How many of these podcasts have been recorded in person? Nope. Uh, maybe like three. Yeah, maybe three. I, I'll, I'll be generous and say four. Four out of 220 episodes. What is that? Two percent? Two percent? Yep. Oh, there you go. Something like that. I know there was one, uh, a part of the Christmas special uh, a couple of years ago that was recorded live. But other than that, <laughs> that was the only, uh, for me, that was the only one. Uh, James and I did a watch through of The Force Awakens. And Corey did one, we, we did a Clone Wars episode here, I think. Or was it Clone No, Rebels. Was it Rebels? Yeah, yeah definitely Rebels. Yeah, we did a Rebels episode here around episode seven or so. That's about it, man. That's all I can remember. Three, maybe four. I think my, no, I did one with my wife at one point as well. Yeah. So I would say four, four out of 220 episodes. <laughs> uh, but how's everybody doing? How's, uh, how's self-isolation treating you guys? Meh. I'm keeping it real, man. Like we were just talking before the show. Corey, what does that mean? You said <laughs> that so many times. <laughs> keeping it real. Just keep it real, folks. Keep it real, guys. That means like, you know, don't pass. Uh, like I don't know like we we saw the whole uh, the trials of the TP like things of this nature like it just worries me for the future if something even worse were to happen like the, the, the mindset of people so it's basically you know like follow the rules for the moment because again a lot of people still aren't for some very odd reason like I don't want there to be martial law either you know what I mean like but if it's a lot of people, I mean, I don't think it's going to come to that either at this point, but there, it seems like there's a lot of people out there just aren't taking it seriously so, still. So keeping it real just means, you know, washing your hands and uh, going out minimally, you know. Just say following the guidelines. Yeah, following the guidelines. <laughs> but I mean, I was just telling you guys too as well, like uh, I like to, to get out. I'll go to the store for like a, a candy bar, you know what I mean? Like I don't care. I like to just get out sometimes and – I haven't been out in quite some time, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting to me a little. It's it's, we, it's odd. We we take that for granted, man. It's it's like uh, it's it's crazy. I I uh, I live on a street where um, it's permit parking, so I I, I don't have a permit, and um, I have to move the car from one side of the street to the other. And it's like every time I go out to move the car, it's like oh, I'll I'll go for a drive. Yeah, yeah, let me go for a drive, <laughs> just. To, <laughs> 
whatever, man. Like before I, I went out, it was like maybe 12 minutes. Like just to drive around, I had to go check out this this place that sells fruit. And and uh, I was thinking about ordering online, but I thought it was shifty that they had just started their business when the whole um, <laughs> lockdown happened. So I, I pulled my... Uh, my private investigator stuff out and uh seems like they're legit so i'm going to be getting fresh fruit and vegetables from the company but it was just an excuse to get out at that point like i'm so used to just yeah let's go out let's let's go to toys r us i take that for granted man yep oh yeah i mean i'm lucky so far like my wife's been really great like she's the one because part of her job is is food photography so she has to shop for like grocery shop for her job and so she is sort of like the designated person in our house that will do the the grocery runs. Uh, so we anyway we've we've decided. I mean, all it's all, all you can do is go do groceries. So I don't go. I I have I was telling you guys before. Like I haven't been to a retail outlet since March fourteenth. That was the last time I drove my car. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, I couldn't. And I I'm not going that crazy yet. It hasn't. I haven't been like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go like to a mall i got it like it's not i'm not getting itchy in that way yet like i am getting out of the house like today i didn't like it was a pretty cloudy rainy day so i stayed home but you know most days we're getting out for you know for at least a good a good walk or a bike ride or something and that's been okay like i've i haven't had that day or stretch of days where it's where i just feel like i'm going nuts yeah a bit of positivity yesterday like the, just a, an amazingly warm spring day it was beautiful outside and yeah i mean we spent the whole day outside pitching cats raking huge walk like you got to keep yourself busy man like we made pizza dough homemade pizza a lot of cooking man like a lot of cooking spending time together puzzles did like two massive well massive ooh, 100 piece puzzles oh, but geez. you know still i mean it takes it takes a bit of time they were nice puzzles and it occupied at least an hour. I did a 5K the other day. And, um, 5K puzzle? Or you... No, like I, a 5K, like jog. Right. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Okay, get and, it going. And, uh, made meatballs and, uh, like so productive in a certain sense, but still not enough to keep my. F- Sorry, I was almost dropped an F bomb <laughs> to keep my sanity. Like, yeah, it was part of it's the idea that you can't, even if you want to, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like when you're told yeah. you can't have something, you want it more. And right now we're being told we're being extended for another month. Like I think the our, our Quebec government just sort of kept things under lockdown until was it May fourth now? Yeah, yeah, it was April thirteenth, and now down up to May fourth. And that's and, uh, again we've said and they're going to keep. They're going to keep, doing, keep it. doing it incrementally. Yeah, yep. it's going to be incremental until like August or September. Boiling that curve from. starts to flatten. Well, Ontario made the big step of, of uh, shutting everything down until June 30th. No I, pu- didn't, I didn't see that, so I can't, I can't attest it. No public gatherings in Ontario until at least June 30th. And don't, you know, that people- sucks, you know. Like, What are the rules to that in the sense that, you know... Uh, I didn't want to get into it, but I, I got some real special neighbors. And then 
I was speaking to another neighbor who's actually quite cool across the, like we were speaking to each other from across the street, you know, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, your neighbors had people over last night. I saw them all, man. I was like, really? Like I heard all kinds of music and stuff, but I mean, come on at that point. It's like, well, it's, I don't know. They're, they're not supposed to be doing this. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, and they, they exactly. could be subject to fines. Like, well, I, I heard two people at one point I was in the backyard and they're like, they were all there in the backyard laughing and whatever. And I heard one of them like, Oh, like we're, we're two, we're two meters apart. Everybody's two meters apart. We're good. Like, but well, I've seen, uh, I've seen anyway. pictures of people having parties, but like, you know, it's not happening anywhere around here, but it's like people are showing up and like hanging out in each other's front yards or uh, backyards, but everybody kind of brings their own drink and everybody kind of sit, sets up like in a corner of the yard or, you know, a good distance away from each other. So you still have that hangout outdoors, but nobody has to touch one another. Well, that's, or... what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is that kind of kosher? I, I don't know. That might be bending the rules a bit. Cause if, you know, if you're supposed to stay home, like they want you to stay home, right? The whole that's idea it. one is person it's... eventually is going to start throwing around a ball. <laughs> hey, yeah, throw... yeah, that's the thing. As soon as you throw a ball, it's done. Over. Exactly. <laughs> so people pour a few drinks down their gullets and then they start getting stupid. And then the cops show up and they start dishing out fines. Like there, there was someone who had a house party in Ottawa, I think. <laughs> they, they handed out I, I, the, a, a stupid number in fines. Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, you, you deserve it at this point. Anyway. Even like another thing. Uh, whatever. Let's look into it. Quick, quick question: uh, Who, who's been abusing alcohol lately? Just, uh, just me, or um... same as usual? Same as usual. So that's, yeah. that's two to three. Uh, myself abusing, no, but I dared to have three drinks on Friday night, and man, did I pay for it yesterday! God damn, really? I've, I've become so weak, and like I'm drinking like good quality vodka, club soda, piece of lemon. Done. And I was just, yeah. my Saturday was a wash. What? Yeah. I, I, do, I'm so weak now. I can't, I can't do it. I, I, it, it's nice right. while it's happening and it, it feels so good going down, but the, the next day is just pain and I don't get it. Dude, I, I started the night with the exact same thing as that with one of those followed up throughout the evening. Mind you, I went to bed at like, again, like midnight still i had like another six beer then i stayed up with the baby like i don't know all night pretty much like i just slept in his room every couple it was like i was like sleeping with my eyes open you know that feeling you're just waiting for that sound to get up so some the shutter upper <laughs> and bottle 3 a.m and i was like the next day i was like i was pretty tired in the morning there but once uh after a pot of coffee the whole thing. I was, I was on my way. I bet. <laughs> I just, I just sent you guys a picture of, uh, of the glass I've been, I've been filling up since five p.m. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's a big fat, uh, big fat wine glass, there, buddy. Yeah, but it's gin. Yeah, <laughs> it looks very, very clear. Oh yeah, Is it aviation gin. It's actually, um, uh, it's from, uh, what's it called? Romeo, I think is the name of the, of the gin. 
It's oh, a Montreal. Romeo. A Montre- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you guys, like, so like, like I used to say, like, I, at work, that's where I get my podcast listening done. Now that our lives have been kind of turned upside down, like, what what does your podcast consumption become? Well, I guess, Carlos, maybe it's steady for you since you're still out in the truck. I'm not working anymore. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, you did say that. You're off uh, You're off for the month? I'm off uh, because I have to um, – uh, there's nobody else to watch my kids, so I'm, I'm watching my kids. And, um, yeah, so normally I would listen probably – between six and eight hours of podcast a day. Mm. That's done, um, right? Uh, yeah. So now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like down to maybe four. Well, that's still pretty good. Wow. Well, it's like while I'm cooking and cleaning and stuff and, and doing like, um, <laughs> man, I was, I was hoping this was a sit disturbance. It would have been so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while I was doing home chores, um, you know, I have the the airbo- uh, the earbuds in and uh, AirPods in, and I'm listening here and there. But there's there's less content to digest every week, and uh, I'm fed up of hearing about Tiger King. Like, okay. I, 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 <laughs> oh I my god, I haven't wa- I haven't watched it, and I've heard so much about it that it's like turned me off completely. I, I don't want to know anything about it at all. Yeah, same here. Don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, it makes it. three of us. So yeah. Uh, so as far as listening to podcasts, like uh, I'm a I'm a fan of listening to Kill Tony. Uh, Kill Tony. Uh, it's like a live podcast where they have comedians come up and do a minute of stand up, and then they get roasted for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like adjusting their show, and they're not doing it in front of a live audience. And it's kind of like it's a bit of a train wreck, but it's kind of interesting to watch. Or listen to, uh, but I'm I'm slowly getting fed up with that one, and um, yeah, so it's tough, man. My my whole my whole routine is everything is it's all it's garbage, dude. It's just gar- it's all gar- it's garbage. garbage. It's all garbage. It's all garbage. Same same here. Like I used to listen at work. I I would yes yeah, you know, six to eight hours. Like I, I could go easily from from nine. I eat lunch at my desk. I could go I could go all day listening to podcasts. Like you know. It was crazy, and now, sorry everybody, if if I were, if I was a regular listener, uh, I probably am not right now. Like I I got a couple of hours of yard work done this Saturday, and uh, managed to crank out a couple of podcasts there. That's it. Yeah, but that's the perfect time though, right? Like it's it's that's yeah. kind of what you want. I mean, yeah, but that's it. Like that's all I managed to squeeze in, like basically for the week because because I'm my my wife's at home working. I'm trying to occupy the kids. It would be very easy for me to just give them the PlayStation remote, give them their phone or whatever, let them have control of the iPad and tune out. But you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not doing that. We're trying to keep them somewhat stimulated, giving them their schoolwork, you know, trying to keep them occupied with, with constructive projects. But uh, yeah, the, the podcast listening is just bottomed out for me right now. Bottomed Nothing's really out. changed for me, man. Like uh, I try once in the evening to play at least one game of hockey on 2003, 2012 hockey <laughs> on PS3, man. Play my season. I got my team called the Rebels. 
And uh, yeah, that's it. I, I slap in some earbuds and I listen away. Yeah, well, I mean, I, w- I would love to start finding ways to squeeze them in more. Yeah, I could, I could, you know, as I drift off to sleep, I could put one on, but the reality is, I'd last three minutes. You know, and that that, yeah, would, that sucks. That, I've that done that bad. many times, and then like your earbuds are all like jammed in your ears when you wake up or something. Exactly. Anyway, on your shirts. <laughs> uh, sometimes I find them in my t-shirt. Like I, they, they kind of like I moved during the night and they just slid in. So I, I, I have big over ears that I listen to at night. Wireless? Over ears? Nope, not wireless. Oh. I got them plugged into the to the phone next to my, on my bed bedside table. It's all good. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear. Corey, any collecting update this week? Because I know that you're not going to let this go. I'm let what go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely have. Uh, <laughs> I had to... I had to get out there. No, I didn't get out there. I've, I've been dealing on the on that Facebook group there, the the Black Series group from Canada. Um, I just de- dealt with this guy. I don't know, a couple, like maybe about a month ago, two weeks ago. I can't remember. Anyhow, I've been like on a roll with the clones lately, man. And I I bought another two, another two clones, another two clones. Got the clone trooper and the clone captain. And again, they're like the pictures this guy sent me are the like. I'm paying a bit of a premium to for them to be honest, but they're like immaculate. What he had sent me the, the first time, like the Boba Fett and the Mando, Kyle, the Mando, oh, the Mando, the Carbo Mando. But uh, anyway, that that brings my clone total up to eight. So that's pretty sweet, man. I was pretty stoked about that. Cool. And other than that, I think I, I sent Kyle an email. Interestingly enough. Uh, I made a pre-order from this store called Northman Collectibles. And I was really starting to get a bit skeptical in the sense that on this Facebook group, again, like people were just bashing this guy saying that he's horrible. He sucks. You're never going to get your stuff. And I was like, oh, man, like I've been jonesing. Like I made two decent sized orders there. And, you know, I, I sent them an email about my concerns saying, you know, and I wasn't shy to tell them that, you know, people are don't have great things to say about you in these groups and these circles, you know? And anyhow, he gave me the prompt response email right away. Not too long afterward. It was actually, uh, he explained himself what was going on. And anyhow, I mean, I got by tomorrow, I'm tracking it. Now there's a a tracking number and everything delivery expected for Dooku and Bly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bly is going to bring the total up to nine, baby, nine clones, man. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Like, anyhow, he said the rest is a mess just with everything that's going on, shipping from China and all that stuff. Everything is up in the air. Anyhow, I don't want to hear it. I just want my stuff. <laughs> that's not true. But, no, I mean uh, I've I've ordered from this guy before, and yes, people are being overly hard, but I've also had to wait an absurdly long time <laughs> to get my stuff, like four plus months and yeah four plus months uh, is not bad if it's like eight months then i'm like okay like that's a little much yeah again it's something you have to you have to stay after him and you have to be aware of what's even out like i started that's why why i kind of wonder if had i not sent that email you know what i mean 
well, yeah, that's what I mean. You got to stay. You got to stay. Sometimes you got to stay on top of these people and just you know remind them that uh, hey, I'm expecting something. What's what's the status? Because they, who knows how they fill their orders? I mean, this is it's an indie shop, right? They do things their own way. But yeah, definitely, well, de- definitely be polite and definitely uh, follow up and and let them know that you're you're anxious. You need info. You just just an update. Just stay in touch. Yeah, but anyway, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked to get my hands on all those things. They're both all four of those figures are tracking and delivered tomorrow, man. So it's gonna be like a Unbelievable. I need it, man. I need it. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a nice little pick me up. It's a nice little pick me up in these times. Honestly, it makes me happy. It makes me happy. Leave me alone. <laughs> and there's there's even more. There's even more to come, but I think we're gonna I'm gonna save it for a bit later because it's gonna be pertinent then. But cool. Uh Carlos, you still sitting tight? Uh, I got a, um, it was my son's birthday, uh, uh, 10 days ago. And, uh, I picked up the Kylo Ren's, uh, micro fighter shuttle or the Kylo Ren shuttle micro fighter. <laughs> and, um, what else did I get? Oh, the, oh, the, the Lego star Wars visual dictionary, the updated version. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was so. That's awesome. Uh, there's a a Finn, um, an exclusive exclusive Finn, uh, in Stormtrooper uh, oh, minifig. Cool. Very cool. And what else? Oh, and I got myself a a white base plate. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, um, what is it? A sixteen by sixteen or thirty two by thirty two base plate. And uh, usually you can make your mocks on that type of stuff, you know. Sure. And uh, but it's also for me, it's more of a, a way to make sure that um, like displays kind of stay together. Uh, and I have a lot of Hoth stuff, so that's uh, that's the the main reason why I wanted to get the the white base plate just to see if it was like. I only bought one, but I'm probably gonna end up getting like four or five more. And uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, set some stuff up just for display purposes uh, a little bit nicer. Uh, I also have the uh, Dorito TIE Fighter and the um, uh, the Sith Trooper Battle Pack uh, in the cart at Toys R Us because it's at 20% off right now. I'm just uh, waiting to pull the trigger because delivery is between 9 and 15 days. And I'm trying to find a location where I can actually go to do a pickup. Uh, but you have to call the individual stores. Uh, so I'm not sure which store is, uh, is doing pickup right now. And not all the stores have all the stock. So it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little tricky, but, uh, I'm going to try to, uh, try to pick up that, uh, that TIE fighter now, because as soon as, um, as uh, April 19th rolls around, I'm going to grab the, the TIE fighter helmet, um, and the Boba Fett helmet. Uh, from the Lego Star Wars uh, 18 and over a little display uh, thingies. Sorry, my vocabulary is not as good as it usually is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Romeo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, we're... I'm gonna try to... <laughs> you know, between groceries and... And... Uh, and things of that nature, you know, trying to put some uh, whatever spare change I have available uh, to uh, 
kind of round out my collection a little bit. Nice. And there was some yeah. there was a uh, a Clone Wars shaped set that was announced this week, wasn't there? Oh well, yeah, there's the five hundred first. There was a whole campaign, uh, probably for the last year and a half, from one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Lego YouTuber. His name is MNR Productions, Ryan, and um, he's been he started a hashtag about the five hundred first battle pack, and Lego came through big time with. It's kind of like a, a, a roided up battle pack, but it's it's more of like a mini set where you got a bark speeder and an ATDP uh, with the 501st Legion and a couple of battle droids. So pretty cool. $30 set, uh, probably 40 in Canada. But um, yeah, it, it looks uh, it looks pretty good if you want to get your, get your hand on some of those 501st troopers. Uh, interestingly enough, I watched uh, *Revenge of the Sith* yesterday, and that 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 scene where George Lucas's son jumps out from under the bridge with Bail Organa watching. Yep. And you you get those those five hundred first uh, murdering a Jedi. It was pretty awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I like to that, see here. Not that's not a soft murder. <laughs> oh no no. <laughs> So uh, pretty cool. I also picked up the uh, Rise of Skywalker on digital. Um, I was hoping it would. It was a big week for that. Yeah, I was hoping it would pop up on uh, Disney Plus, but it hasn't. So I figured, you know what? I have the other, the other four on digital uh, of the Disney releases. So I picked up the other one, uh, the last one. It was good. I watched it. I was happy. It was. uh, It was pretty good. Um, if I could rewrite the whole thing, I would because uh, Disney Star Wars is trash. <laughs> but uh, dot, com, dot com dot org. Yeah. So, but which uh, part you know, exactly? Oh, I don't know. I don't know where to start. <laughs> no, you know what? There's so many parts where it's like, oh, it's so good, and then there's that creeping thing that comes over my skin. Like, uh, I know that people don't like this, and I know that people don't like that, and it kind of stops me from enjoying it as much and it sucks you know and uh but um yeah i think that's a that's a me problem i just got to get over that and uh, i'm gonna watch it again and again and again and uh did you catch that to our our documentary yeah i watched it uh when we were supposed to talk about it on the pod i i had actually i watched it i wasn't on the pod that week uh, for the multiple reasons but um no, no, I watched it and it was it was really cool. My, my favorite parts obviously were um, you guys had talked about the um, the stunt coordinator, uh, the Scottish uh, Eunice. Eunice, oh my god, she was awesome. And uh, watching that and uh, seeing how you know she was talking about Adam Driver and uh, like I was just yeah, no, I loved it. I love that. I love that type of behind the scenes stuff. It was uh, it was a cool doc and. Um, yeah, if only the uh, the movie wasn't trash, I would have liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm joking. You guys know that I, I actually like the movie, but it's just it's fun to play that uh, that role. Sure, of course it is. Yeah, it's definitely not flawless. I'll give it that, but I'll, I'll say one thing again: that that documentary definitely reinforced a lot of things for me as well. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean the, the movie was. It started to clue in for me, and we I think we talked about it on, the, on the pod that this movie's got such a big cross to bear that 
it's not going to make everybody happy no matter what. And it sure didn't. And even in those places where uh, it, it feels like they tried to find like a middle road to make everybody a little bit happy and it sometimes fell flat and <laughs> didn't make anybody happy. But I still find it a, above all like a, a really fun movie. And yeah, that, that, that's that's what it is. Like I, I left the theater opening night quite upset. But then it, when it I saw it should have again, been a holocron, man. Oh, there was so much more than that too. I was, <laughs> I was just like, oh god. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. There's lots of things that, like if if any one of us three or anybody were in charge, it would have turned out differently. Like everybody's got their own idea of what could have or should have happened. And it, you know, yeah, it's just the Holocron thing. I, I I kind of agree with. It's like for me, that was like that's an easy layup. Yeah, it's you know I mean? it's like, connective tissue as well. Yeah, it's an easy layup, and they just they kind of whiffed on it, and they're like, oh, let's add something else. Like yeah, it's a wayfinder. Yeah. Like, okay, why don't you just call it uh, a a Palpatine magna thingy? <laughs> like, it's it's kind of stupid, you know. But whatever. I mean, you know. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, yeah, nothing new for me in collecting this week, uh, except for the steelbook of, of Rise of Skywalker, which got some use. Um, but other than that, that that showed up bright and early, a day a Monday of last week, which was nice. It came a day early. Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. Nice to see that Canada Post and Best Best Buy still have their priorities in order. That's that's a good way to start the week. Oh, it was fantastic! What a great way to start. Uh, but anyway, some uh, some Hasbro reveals like they still got their priorities in order, or do they? A lot of, a lot of complaints out there about uh, about the reveals that we got. I was kind of surprised, but uh, we got a reveal for 40th anniversary Vader, which nice. it's a it's a nice looking figure. And uh, uh, Vader's Vader at this point. I mean, they've in my opinion they've made and you know they're gonna make him. I mean it's Vader, but they must have at least I don't know. I, I didn't go through the list, but there's got to be anywhere from five to ten Vader Black Series, you know? Well, and that's I think that's the the underpinning of the complaints that I'm seeing is that, you know, we just got a Black Series Vader uh, in the in the uh, the black box. We got a 40th anniversary Vader. Like, why are we getting another one? Like, well, granted, this is on the Empire uh, 40th anniversary card. It's an updated figure. It's got the Empire look as opposed to the A New Hope look. So it's a little bit different. Uh, but people are kind of annoyed that they're. they're... I, I definitely have to say I love the cape. The cape is that fabric material, and that's that's working for me. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna, what I think I'm going to do with this. Like I, you know, I was I was all hot and heavy for the hyper real Vader. Uh, I I kind of got cold feet at the in the eleventh hour. I pulled out my order. Um, I think what I'll do is I'm going to buy an extra one of these Vaders and an extra Bespin Luke. And then, for, you know, for less than the price of one Hyperreal figure, I'll have that little display. Like, I'll, I'll open both. I'll have one, a carded and an open of, of both those figures. And I'll, I'll set something up from you know, Vader and Luke from, like, for me, the best duel in all of Star Wars. And that's, that's going to cost me, like, 80 bucks, as opposed to a Hyperreal, which one of them will cost me... Then you gotta build a diorama, though. Well, I got the time on my hands. <laughs> yeah, do it, dude. Seriously, that would be a fun little project if you had the tools. You're a good painter and whatnot. Am I? Eh. I, mean, I haven't held a paintbrush 
since grade three, but thanks for the compliment. You can get it done. I believe in you. <laughs> uh, sure, just like that. Uh, and then, of course, there was the carbonized Mandalorian, or car- carbonized Boba Fett, and a carbonized Stormtrooper, which, again, people kind of rolling their eyes at, going, yeah, cool, but, you know, like, another Stormtrooper, another Boba Fett, like, come on. And that, that, yeah, I'm I'm kind of on that page, but at the same time, I, I totally bought in, man. They're, they're of course both you did. beauties, man. I yeah, I I pre-ordered Boba Fett. Then after the fact, I was kind of like, ah, the stormtroopers almost nicer, man. They're well, both solid, nice-looking figures. But I'm kind of again, like I'm on the same page. What you just said, like I have enough Boba Fetts right now. Like, do I even need this? But it's that I I like a. I don't know what I'm doing, man. I don't want to go down that path of the, these these carbonized figures. You and your carbonized figures. You you people with your carbonized figures, eh, Kyle? <laughs> I've got like, two. Like, who who else who else gets this treatment? You know what I mean? Down the line. What do you mean, like, you people? You sound very uh, discriminatory. With their, yeah, with their carbonized mandos mm-hmm. that I don't have. <laughs> That's what this is really about. Where <laughs> it's that Wait. you don't have any, and you you know how behind you are now. Yeah, that's it. I don't know if I want, do I really. Anyway, I I I took the plunge right away. Everyone's like, "It's on pre-order," and I just I don't know. It's like I whipped up my phone, got it done right away, and that that's what I did with Captain Rex back in the day, and I, I couldn't believe that it actually came. You know what I mean? It that exclusive worked. Rex. Yeah, I was like really shocked that it worked. Anyway, th- this thing comes up to a pretty pe- penny after exchange customs and shipping and all that but you know hopefully it will be one of those exclusive sought after figures why because it'll be mine and what does that and what does that mean that i'll be able to lord it over people like you <laughs> i don't care i i yeah, have right i know the, lies the aforementioned um northmen collectibles they put up their pre-order link today i breezed right on by I don't. I don't need it. It doesn't. It doesn't jump out to me. Like I'm chase. I'm still. I've got an eye out for the STCC Boba Fett, which is which is going to be a thing. Like that's that's yeah, going to be a that, that's big like spend the, right there. X wing loot. Yeah, that, that thing is now tipping. Uh, you know, two hundred and fifty bucks. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to land that one, but it's it's a long term objective of mine. Um, I, I have an archive series Boba Fett. Do I need another? Like, I don't even like the character that much. <laughs> He's cool looking. That's about it to me. I'm, uh, uh, I don't want to throw him completely under the bus. He's he's cool, but... Yeah, I was going to give you mine, loser. No, you it's over now. Don't lie. <laughs> You're a terrible liar. Corey, but... is your your goal in collecting just to say, I have it, you don't... <laughs> Dude, I gave away a, Mandal- a carbonized Mandalorian. That was actually really hard, I have to say. I, I could have been like... I could have given Kyle like a sweet comic book or something like that. The question is, do you want, is your your goal behind collecting just to say that you have it and other people no. don't? No, not at all. I mean, I guess maybe there's a part of it that is that deep down in the sense that when I do have a rare figure, I kind of do like – like uh, it makes me enjoy that figure more. Like my I just heard recently Ezra, for example, like one of my favorite characters, like – I really jumped on that figure when it came out. I made sure to get one. I got one. And now in the circles, like people are like paying $100 for him. Which and is I dumb like, because really? they're re-releasing it. 
It's first wave, man. It won't make a difference when the packaging's the same. Uh, whatever. I, 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 I hear it. There's disappointment there. Yeah, you let me down. You're re-releasing it. That's us Kyle's part of collecting. He's like, eh, in your face. <laughs> You're re-releasing it. It is. Because no, you are into the collecting because you like to – and look, most of us do. But you like to have the valuable things even though you, I, you I will do. never sell them. Yeah, I feel bad for my kids, man. <laughs> when I die, it's like, here, figure it out. Do what you want, I guess. But don't sell them. <laughs> yeah, they're all, all of our children will be living in like these 400 square foot condos because houses will be 600 grand and so they're gonna, gonna be like they're I, gonna I need that just for our, our collection yeah so they're gonna go no I don't want this and they're gonna sell it for nothing <laughs> that's what's gonna happen uh, I, my, my kid kinda he gets it man when he sees like he asks me questions now about figures is this expensive like I'm like yeah this one's worth Dinero. You're warping his mind. Let the child enjoy cho- enjoy toys as toys. I let him open his toys. <laughs> I let my son once in a while jump into my box of three and three quarters. So can I open this one? Yeah, what the hell. Uh, anyway, also uh, the Mando in Beskar. That is an, a yeah. stunning figure. Yeah, it's another anxiety-inducing piece. I hope that's. I hope they make it a little more readily available in the first one. Anyhow, make it not so hard of a hunt for the people that really need this figure. But I wasn't impressed with the cape. Yeah, cape's it's, plastic. Yeah, it's a plastic material. cape. Would definitely prefer a soft goods cape. Definitely. Uh, then also, uh, if Star Wars Celebration actually happens in Anaheim this year, uh, there's going to be a Black Series Tebow and a Black Series Akbar. And so we're, you know, we're, we're starting to see Return of the Jedi's Jedi figures getting introduced. That they're, they're bound to be re-released over the next couple of years. So if you're an exclusive hunter, I guess these are for you. But these ones, again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase these. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if if I get lucky enough to be able to get one, if someone that I know is going, like I hate asking. Like I'd love to have them. It's always fun to have these con exclusives. Again, like Carlos said, like I love to lord it over people. <laughs> But I don't know. There's, there's something about getting those exclusive pieces that's actually really nice. The Tebow, bit disappointing in the sense that I've heard like people again speaking in the sense that uh, it should be like at least minimum, maybe minimum, like a two pack or like a three pack, like they do the droids. You know, up the price a bit, maybe like a forty nine, fifty nine dollar marker. Nah, like, give, put give, give, no, put two Ewoks in there for for the prices they charge. Put two Ewoks in a box. Put two at, two Jawas at in a box. Twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, come on. Give me a break. Especially uh, as a especially as a con exclusive. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, the, it, Akbar would be sweet though. Like Akbar, I'm down with man. Like I, it's so surprising again that, that they haven't done like they they've done him, but from the sequel trilogy, which yeah, is really odd no, to me. Yeah, there's no Return of the Jedi Akbar. My only regret is that. Akbar didn't die in episode six. Like, what a waste of a character. <laughs> it's it's sort of strange how attached people get to. I don't want to say he's a background character. 
Like, he's great in the Clone Wars, the beginning of uh, season four. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a there's younger Akbar, but just in terms of what we saw, like what made him popular was just it's a trap, and just very minimal screen time from Return of the Jedi no, and, and emotional. It's attachment. the chair and the power that that chair conveys. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Like he's he's a cool design. He's got the voice. He's got the memes. Like he's I, in control. Everybody knows Akbar's the man with the plan. I still I still want to know how he gets dressed. Because he doesn't have fingers. How does he zip up his suit? How does he get his flippers through the sleeves? How does he put his boots on? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Does somebody dress him? Does does Mon Mothma help him get into his suit every day? How does... Uh, uh, who's the first person to say it's a trap in Star Wars, Corey? Uh, is it Leia? Uh, I don't want to waste people's time. <laughs> Leia does say it in yeah. Empire. Yeah, she says it in Empire. She shouts it. Yeah. Is that the first she's time? Warning. Yeah, she's warning Luke in Empire. As she gets hauled off by Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, that I know, but I mean, I was, I was just kind of wondering. I'm like trying to think before that. I was emptying the reserves, going through the databank. No, 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 and then in in uh, in Jedi, it's Lando before Lando says it before uh, Squidhead. Does he say it's a trap? Yep. Huh. Anyway, um, just to finish up on these reveals, uh, vintage collection stuff: K two S O and Clone Commander Wolf. Uh, I don't know if I'll be getting the K two. Uh, I've got them in Black Series, Disney Elite, and just the regular three and three quarter inch from the Rogue One line, and they're all, they're all superb. Like most droids, turn out to be really good looking figures, and they all are. So I don't know if I need to drop another twenty on this one as I'm trying to be extra picky about vintage collection. But Wolf, all day, gotta get Wolf, no doubt. But yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the reveals for the, from last week. Kind of a mixed bag. Some some sh- some shrugs in there, but also a couple of things that uh, they're must-haves in my books. Yeah, definitely. Well, there was even more to that, like the wave six and seven there with Cad Bane and all that. Was that announced Oof. this week? I saw it on Yak Face. I don't know if it was actually like fully announced. They're probably just leaks. Yeah, those are yeah those are leaks at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just going off what, what was officially announced by Hasbro. But God, oh, Cad Bane, if I don't land that, it'll be a sad day. You know, you could settle for a three and three quarter inch from the Clone Wars line. I have it. There you go. It's not the end of the world. It's not good enough. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, fair enough. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com.
New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. Uh, okay, moving into some news, a bunch of news. Like, boy, you'd think that we'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, to get to news, but uh, no solo sequel coming anytime soon, according to John Kasdan, who tweeted uh, last week that, as far as he knows, there's no sequel or spinoff in the works at, at Lucasfilm. And he said it would be a hard sell to Disney at this point because they've just got so much in the pipeline, especially on Disney+. And... Uh, I suppose the meaning to take from that is because there's so much on their plate, like fitting in one more major project just isn't in the cards right now. But uh, Carlos, how do you feel about this, about no solo sequel coming anytime soon? It's a little, mm, I'm not going to say sad. It's just, um, uh, it gives us something maybe to look forward to in the distant future. Uh, We're able to wipe that away uh, from, you know, uh, the, it's not on our, it's not on our radar coming up. So we're able to like push that away and just give more bandwidth and more room to other things that may possibly be around. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of like that. Um, they're doing that. They're like, yeah, no plans. So it's like, okay, cool, no plans. So the other stuff that's like floating around, like plans, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, are we still going to get uh, Knights of the Old Republic? Or are we still going to get, uh, you know, uh, X, Y, and Z project? It's good to like, kind of like put stuff in different filing cabinets for like, okay, let's revisit this in a few years. And what's coming up next? So I guess yeah, it's because they know, like they, they know all the different little threads they can pull on from that that are obvious coming out of solo. So they're just like, well, you know what? That's always something we can go back to if needed. And so, like, let's just put it away for now and explore this other stuff. Maybe that's part of the there, reasoning. I don't know. And and there's what there's uh, four to six years before a new hope uh, between the end of solo. If I'm, like, well, like seven. Some, yeah, it's a, probably a bit more than that, but whatever. Like it, it's it's whatever it needs to be. I think he's like twenty two at the time. Well, I, th- I think the movie starts when he's eighteen, and it skips ahead three years, right? So the main story is three years after. So he's twenty one. He's like thirty thirty one in A New Hope. So it's it's like a yeah, it's about a decade. Hmm. So I mean, there is time if they want to let Alden Ehrenreich grow up a little bit. Grow a little yeah, older. Get a, grow a little older and even for Donald Glover if he they wanna have him back there. Um maybe not interacting with Han like you know, in a in a side plot type of thing. There's room for him to grow a little uh, a little more and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would be uh it would definitely be cool. We just know that um Maul gets cut down by Obi Wan at some point. Uh, not too far away from there. So the whole Red Dawn thing 
I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that that would have to be uh, something that they tell a story about. Maybe they're going to do it in a comic uh, and they're going to leave um, Han to the Huts in a, in a Solo 2 uh, spinoff. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that in that it's going to be so hard for them to get away from the OT. And I think that's why they want to push this aside for now and, and focus on other stories with the high Republic and, and, and other things. Um, I think that's but, probably part of it. Like trying to, it, trying yeah. to step away. Cause Han is such a, it's it's one thing to do Cassian Andor. It's another to do Han Solo. And that, cause that just, that just ropes you into the OT again. Yeah. It's the smack. It's the smack that all star Wars fans are like, ah, familiarity. My comfort zone, the security blanket, and yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm over it in the saga. You know, like I like the side story stuff. I, I'm, I'm down, I'm down for the side story stuff. I love Rogue One. It's, it's at the top of my list uh, as far as Star Wars movies, and um, uh, Solo was was pretty good too, and it's. Uh, probably near the middle of the pack of all star Wars movies. So, um, I, I enjoy it. I, I, there, there's, I'm sh- there's, there's a ton of stuff that I would love to see in the, in the timeline between episode one and episode nine. Um, and I understand why they want to move away from that because they want to create buzz about something that's larger than a 50 year, uh, time frame. Yeah, for sure. And it, it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, and we do have lots of other stories to look forward to. Like, there's tons of stuff in the pipeline. And to be honest, like, I, I'm i okay with where they left things off in Solo. Like, I'm okay. Like, actually, the, the two characters I'm most excited to follow up on are Kira and Infus Nest. Like, if I'm being honest, those are the two characters I want to see more of because of, what you know, peeling those onions. Man, there's so much to tell there. Like Han and Lando stories on screen, cool. I'm sure they'd be fun. Um, but you know, I I don't need to know about Lando's maneuver at the Battle of Tanab, for example, or or I don't need to know why Han distrusts Han, uh, why Jabba distrusts Han. I don't need to know that. Like it's 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 all cool stuff to fill in, and I'd be happy to see it. But I would rather see bigger stuff like like Crimson Dawn, or what Enfys Nest is doing to disrupt the Empire and fight the Empire. That that to me is more interesting. What about you, Corey? Are you heartbroken over this? Not heartbroken at all. I mean, the the thing about when you think about these people involved in Star Wars, like take you and McGregor for example, you're so coy, just able to not say anything with these NDAs for like three, four years, whatever it was. John Kasdan, you know, if he's gonna, if there's gonna be anything with Solo in the works in the pipeline, you know, he's gonna be, be involved. If he were to be involved and had there been something in the works, he would not be talking about it in such a way. Therefore, he's, I feel like he's kind of like prepping us for some kind of eventual reality where this might not necessarily happen, not to build up people's expectations. I think it's, in my opinion, I think this film really left a sour taste in Disney's mouth. Like... The article again goes on to say the, the docket is absolutely full, and that's true for the time being. You guys kind of convinced me. I was gonna, I was gonna say that you know by the time that it take, doesn't take a day or two to make these things happen, 
you know, even if they're in the talks right now, you're looking at like seeing a, a TV show in maybe three years, you know, things are just in the talks. So we're ways out if anything's ever going to happen with this. And it sucks because there is a huge potential for a big story here. Like Kyle was kind of mentioning it. I don't necessarily want the adventures of Han Solo or Lando. And I'd like to see things like the Battle of Tanab. They're not that important. They're kind of whatever. Jabba and Han's story can be central to the story, I believe. But the things going on with Enfy's Nest, I think those kind of storylines can still be involved. The Crimson Dawn thing, Kira's story, like Kyle said, if you can combine that all into one thing, it would be so amazing, so complex, but such a grand scale. And again, with this sour taste left in their mouth, the scale, the risk factor, and the money involved in investing in that microcosm of the sandbox I don't think they're really willing to go there or they I don't think they're going to go there to be honest. These actors aren't don't come cheap. You know, we got Donald Glover, guys so hot right now. Amelia Clark, you know, she's she she's hot too, man. Like anyhow, I I'd like to see it. I again, I think there's so much potential there with the the crime syndicate and the beginning of the rebellion. I really truly do believe that one of these things we're meant to take out of this film was that that coax, the coaxium is meant to give the original burst and the catalyst to the original rebellion. Right. So it'd be cool to kind of follow up on that theme. Maybe even get the partisans involved with Saw Gerrera and like uh, a separation in that group kind of where they become kind of too extreme and we get that story as well. You could play this show from so many different angles. And again, the scale and the money, I just don't think they're going to be willing to invest, which is sad. But well, you know, if, if if Solo had made like $700 million or a billion, you can bet your ass there'd be a follow-up content to it. But it oh, didn't. Oh, hell yeah. It didn't. That's right. It sure didn't, unfortunately. And I, I mean, I like, yeah, because like, Cassian Andor is, is spinning out of a wildly successful Rogue One. So, yeah, for sure. Like, if, if Solo did better at the box office, 100% they'd be doing something else. But it, it is what it is, and maybe we'll get something someday, and maybe we won't. And if they don't do anything on Disney+, Plus or the big screen, comics and novels, 100%. Like, they're going to tell those stories. They They can't resist. There's too much there to not explore. Anyway, I just I don't know, just the exposition and the the choice of cast in solo. I really hope we can get those people together again to some degree. Yep. Anyway, um, let's move let's move ahead here. Um, according to Jeremy at StarWarsUnity.net, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we did Ahsoka, you know, uh, pretty hard a couple weeks ago. But according to Jeremy, um, the Ahsoka live-action series is in early development, which not a surprise given the Rosario Dawson rumor, which has been picking up steam and been confirmed, or not confirmed, but backed up and corroborated by one legit source after another. So it seems like this is um, a pretty good bet. But uh, you know, who knows when this thing will be set. My strong preference is post Return of the Jedi, Corey. But let's. Uh, where, where do you stand? If if live action Ahsoka series is coming, would you want it post Jedi or pre? Where where do, where do you think that should fall? 
definitely post-Jedi, man. I mean, we got the novel, got the Clone Wars, we got where she's at in Rebels. We've reestablished that. We don't need that fulcrum tale. I mean, in comics, uh, literature, I think that'd be a great story. But, you know, with the novel and all that, I think where the character's been left off, it's just too interesting not to take it forward after the the fall of the empire and not only that like they have other projects supposedly in the works with former rebels stuff you know it can open doorways or rebels can open doorways it can go work either way whatever comes first if there's going to be a second season to rebels or whatever it is not season but follow-up spin-off something like that these can both play into each other and i mean i called this before the announcement of everything man like it's not wasn't a hard reach to make you know what i mean like i i really think even jeremy in this article was kind of saying that Iger was talking about spin-off characters coming out of the mandalorian and we had discussed who who is like a strong enough character to to take this role on and you know all signs kind of pointed to cara dune but i was like no man like ahsoka belongs in this story man with the dark saber in there now and i think uh and baby yoda I think this, if anyone can carry it, and like you said earlier, Kyle, Rosario Dawson taking on the lead, taking that on, I, I don't think it's just going to be for like a cameo or whatever, you know? No. No. No no way. Can't be. So, And there's the fans love her too, man. Like I think they have a really important story to tell with her. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Carlos? Do you think uh, post Jedi is this the era the era to explore with Ahsoka? Um, so much, uh, like you know that she's around until after Jedi, and but 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 there's like how much time between the end of Rebels and. And like this is, I don't know, man. It is so much. <laughs> well, it's tricky because we're also dealing with this rumor of the Rebels follow-up animated series with Sabine and Ahsoka, right? So, like, how do you weave those two series together? Yeah, I don't know. I feel uh, I hate saying this. I don't want to be that guy, but like, if like putting putting her in. The Mandalorian just to have a spinoff, it's like shoe, it's shoehorned for me. But I, I obviously I have to see it. Like I, I, if I see it and it makes total sense, then it's like oh yeah, cool, you know. But I don't know. Right now, it just feels like let's strike while the iron's hot. And we're gonna talk about this later, but well, you know uh, what struck home for me, Carlos? I don't know if you heard uh, this on the pod, but, but, uh, but, but oops. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I was just going to say that, um, with, we're going to talk about it later with the Clone Wars, uh, like so far there's three episodes in this arc and it's like, womp, womp. so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like where Ahsoka is in Rebels, but uh, as far as what we're seeing in the Clone Wars, it's not, it's not adding up to what I want exactly. And, um, I mean, I guess that's fine, but. And and maybe I might be surprised with the the conclusion of this arc, but I don't know. There's just there's stuff that's like um, 
if you want to throw you want to throw her into the Mandalorian and then and then do a prequel to that uh, her appearance yeah okay cool like just make it good you know yeah for sure like i you know when, when we we talked a couple weeks ago about her showing up in the Mandalorian and i do think that will be a very brief thing so she's going to like swoop in maybe like whisk baby yoda away or maybe i don't know but i think her being in the Mandalorian will be a very short-lived thing, but it will be an indicator of, of bigger things to come. And of course, we'll, we'll we'll have that news already, so we'll already know by the time we see uh, whenever she shows up in Mandalorian, we'll know what what plan there is for Ahsoka in most you know, most likelihood. Um, I don't know about that. I think they might want to keep that under the wraps. Too late now, man. And, and that's one thing. Like I wish Lucasfilm would kind of loosen up with like. With the Obi Wan thing, it was so it was such a, like an anticlimactic announcement when they said that they're doing this. Like they played it as though it was actual news, when all of us are going, "Yeah, we know." And so I, I I hope that they would kind of adapt. Like they know the news is out there. They know we know. Don't they have a plan for their unveiled? There's a there's a mole. Well, for sure there is. There's always a mold. But still, like, I hope that they can adapt their ways. Like, instead of stubbornly sticking to some sort of PR marketing schedule, oh, we're going to do this on our time. Mix it up. Think outside the box. Because we already know. And, of course, you can all... Until they say it, it's really not official. But if they're going to do it, if if it, if this is, if they're going there going, damn it, like this got out, like how did we keep baby Yoda a secret, but not this? Like, how did that, how did that keep a secret yeah, for seriously. so long? You know, and, and th- how, how cool would that have been if to go to celebration and have them bring out Rosario Dawson to make that announcement, you know, like similar to, to Ewan McGregor, like that would be so fantastic, but the cat's out of the bag. So why I wish Lucasfilm would kind of roll with that a bit and just almost come out with the news and say, here's, here's the plan. You know, I think, I think that would indicate like some sort of sea change in in the way they deal with rumors and and the way they, they kind of attack things from a public relations standpoint. But yeah. um, Something that drove it home for me though. Like, I don't know if you heard this Carlos on the pod, we talked about it a while ago. The clapboard for the season finale of episode two, it's got these koi fish in black and white in like a yin and yang pattern. And for some reason, it made me, well, it, it reminded me of Avatar, but at the same time, it kind of reminded me of Mortis and Filoni and all this stuff that Filoni does. And with the dark saber, saber being involved, like, I don't know, just it just makes sense for Ahsoka to really be there at the climax. To me, she's like this. It's t- I was telling Kyle, like, this omnipotent galactic traveler, man, with the gateway key to, like, it, the world between worlds and also, like, imbued almost with the power of Mortis or at least looked after by the, the, the daughter, right? So I don't know. Like, there's there's so much to her story, I think, where I think it doesn't have to be shoehorned in the sense that they can, you know, the importance of a baby Yoda – and what that can mean for the galaxy, I think she felt it her – she'll feel it her do – like either it's the wills of the force or she knows about it and she says, I need to get involved because it's just that important. Even if it's just for 
this short amount of time. But if this guy does have a home planet, it's obviously off the wayward path. And you would think maybe someone as wise as Ahsoka at this time maybe figured it out and just hoards this kind of knowledge to herself, right? And will help the Mando in his quest to finally get this baby Yoda home through these troubled space waters. <laughs> troubled space waters. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just unknown chart, uncharted territory, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I wonder about with the Soka is, um, like I, I wonder if, she, if people, if, if Lucasfilm looks at Ahsoka and goes, "Man, this, this is a character that you know, broadly speaking, everybody likes Ahsoka. Like some people love her, some people like her. Not many people are like, ugh, Ahsoka." <laughs> Most people like Ahsoka. And so I wonder if because things are in flux on the big screen and they they don't quite have it figured out yet, if they don't have it figured out yet, if they say, like, you know, we can get a lot of mileage out of Ahsoka. Let's squeeze that lemon now and get and get a good couple of years out of that character while we sort this out. You know, so they do two or three seasons of of her in the animated show. They do two, three seasons of her own live action show. That keeps us busy. And then that keeps us engaged in a character that most people dig while they sort things out for the big screen. I, w- I wonder if that that's tinfoil haddish. I know, but it, it could be, you know, if they're looking for a bankable character and story to tell. It, that could be part of the reasoning as well. You know, some people worry that uh, it, it, you know, oversaturating uh, the Star Wars fandom with the Soka stories. And I, I don't know that I'm so concerned about that. When when you look at a character like, like Gandalf, like he shows up in The Hobbit and, and he's all over Lord of the Rings and in other Tolkien stories too. Like, nobody complains about that. I've never heard anybody say there's too much Gandalf. Uh, and maybe it would be a lot of Ahsoka, but like if you look at that comparison, which Filoni has made about the two characters, like the wise guide, then like having Ahsoka as, as the pinch hitter in, in a, uh, like even in the Kenobi series, if she shows up or uh, in the Mandalorian, if she just shows up, like pops in and out, makes a contribution and then ducks out again. That to me is very Gandalfish. And that is very fitting for the character at that, at this point until we get to her own show. Who knows? 100% agree with you there, man. Like, it's totally going to be a thing where maybe let the Mando figure it out a bit for himself, but at the same time, give him that clue he needs to move forward in the quest. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're going to come back to it later in, in the year once, once this gets, if this gets confirmed, I bet it will. Uh, we'll touch on this again, but for now, let's, let's again plow ahead. A couple more news things here. This one, real quick, uh, from making Star Wars, a couple of iconic 80s and 90s actors coming to Mandalorian in season two uh, via MSW. Michael Bean looks to be a sure thing, while Jamie Lee Curtis might also be joining the cast. And like I said, more of these 80s and 90s stars populating the show. And before we saw the Mandalorian, we were all like nervous and worked up about guys like Nick Nolte and, and Carl Weathers. At least I was. Uh, I, I never would have thought that this would pass the sniff test, but it did. They both did great work. So I don't see why this wouldn't either. Like it Carlos, passed more than the sniff test, man. Oh yeah. They, they were both fantastic. Like Carlos, 
first of all, are you familiar with the work of, of Michael Bean and Jamie Lee Curtis? And do you want to see either or, or both in this, in the series? I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a, she's like the original badass. Um, uh, Laurie Strode, right? Like she's like, uh, she's a hero. So yeah, for sure. She definitely fits in that. Um, I think she fits in Star Wars. Um, that That's one thing that I loved about Star Wars, even as a kid was like, Leia was so strong. Um, then we recently lost, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Benedict, right? Uh, the, um, was an actor. He was in one of the deleted scenes from a new hope, uh, Tashi station. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. He, uh, yeah, he succumbed to, uh, to COVID-19 and, um, but when you look at that scene that was deleted, there's another strong female character there who just grabs the 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 bi uh, I was gonna call them bifocals, but the um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, binoculars from Luke's hand uh, just to look at the the space battle that's happening above Tatooine, and that's that's yeah, strong female characters are the essence of Star Wars, and Jamie Lee Curtis is not she's not a wilted flower, <laughs> like she's a strong female character, and I think. Yeah, she definitely fits. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be uh, uh, Amy Sedaris in in Star Wars, or she's going to be an actual maybe more of a Carrie Fisher. Uh, I would I would hope that she's more of a Carrie Fisher type type character. Um, but uh, anytime you can attach big names to Star Wars, I'm I'm like. You don't want to have Tom Cruise in a Star Wars movie because then it's like, why is Tom Cruise in the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, it's hard to discon- disconnect Star- uh, Tom Cruise from from his 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 celebrity persona. Uh, but anytime you can get a good actor, and I'm not saying that Tom Cruise is not a good actor, but he's he's just more than an no, actor he's, at he's, this point. Tom Cruise is an industry unto himself. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's there's a line like that's one of the things I was thinking of. It's like how like for all the people that have brought been brought into Star Wars, they all kind of there's always that worry that oh man, will I, like do, will I see the character or will I just see you know uh, the actor? And Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, is, of, is big enough that you go oh, do I do I see Laurie Strode or do I see Star Wars or do I see um. Oh boy, what's her Miss Tasker? What's her name in, in True Lies? Anyway, she yeah, plays yeah, she yeah. plays Helen Tasker. Wife. Helen Tasker, yeah. Do I see Helen Tasker or well, I see Star Wars? Um but she kind of starts off that role as a damsel in distress, but becomes a badass. Yeah. So it's like it's it's kind of you know, she she can play that role. I think she's she's a great she's a good actor too. So, you know, I think that helps. Um but then you look at Gino Carano, who's not really necessarily known as a good actor and she fits in star Wars. So I think the writing is going to dictate how we feel about, uh, the, the character. Yeah. It's going to be the right role written for the right person. That's, that, yeah. that is certainly the key. That, that's the most beautiful thing about star Wars. I find is the casting choices sometimes are just so phenomenal that it's out of this world. Like Kyle was saying, uh, the whole Carl Weathers and uh, Nick Nolte thing that just went over big time with me man and even all the little cameos in between this season were just so 
home runs, man, with like Horacio Sands and Bill Burr, like Amy Sedaris, like everyone in between, man. There were so many things that like I had to go back and find. Oh, and uh, not, not for nothing, but Bill Burr was con- in the in the same report. Bill Burr is confirmed to be back for season two. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll yeah, be a cool sure. little revenge episode. But like these two here, like I love the fact that they're dipping into this well in this pool of these these uh, characters or actors. Basically, like it, it to me, it's almost adding to the vibe of the Mandalorian as a whole and making it a genre almost unto itself. Like I don't want to compare it to like a grindhouse or something like that because it's very far from it. But like it, it gives it this individual feel i find like yes these these characters or actors are familiar to us because we kind of grew up with them a bit but there's something about that and probably john favreau as well that's a blanket to the a certain percentage of the audience you know that can kind of appreciate that well and it's, it's indirectly linking the story to a different era like the mandalorian is very much done in the vein of the ot they've made no bones about that but now you're taking people who were at their peak like in that same era and you're making those in, indirect links in, in eras. And, it, and for, it it's going a long way for me. It really does. Like to me, it, it's again, it's giving a vibe to me that I'm really digging, you know? So what if they put Emilio Estevez? I'm down, man. <laughs> no, I'm down. I, <laughs> I love no. Emilio. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't mess with Emilio. I love well, Why? Emilio. Because cause he taught you the one, two, three deke? Yeah. No, he's, Coach Billy, Bombay, he, man. He's, he's Billy the Kid. Yeah. For me, he'll always be Billy the Kid first there, but definitely Coach Bombay as well. Watched that a couple of months ago, and it was pretty great. Many Ducks are coming back, by the way. Yep. Gordon Coach Bombay's, Bombay's back, too. He's back, yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, her, her involvement, like we've been talking like it's a sure thing, but her involvement is actually murky because she, she was just spotted around the set. And in the report, it's also there. They also said that, uh, Avatar two is also being made, which she is in, I think. So she, she could be, and that's it's James true. Cameron, they right? Was, it's James. Yeah. She, they were swapping a lot of, uh, technology over. Yeah. So she could have been just visiting the Mando set. Or, you know, she, she could be working with James Cameron again, who she'd worked with on True Lies. Um, yeah, she could be doing something with Avatar. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But how about Michael Bean? Like, to me, like, that's a that's that's pretty inspired casting. Like, that guy is It gonna, really is, man. It's going like, to fit just, so well. I don't know if it's just because of the Terminator or whatever, but there's something about it again that's... I don't know how other to describe it than getting a vibe from the Mando, man, with these... We'll call them the big four for the moment, you know, like, but everyone in between as well. It's just, there's something about it, man. That's I'm, I'm loving it, man. I think these people are going to really fit in well. Yep. I hope, I hope they be there. I hope they're both in it. Um, and again, Bean's character is, is said to be a type of bounty hunter with ties to Mando's past. Uh, no idea if that makes them enemies or allies, but uh, the, the, there was a sketch of, of what the character might look like and just, it's your typical Star Wars bounty hunter look, armor, helmet, big rifle, you know, little greeblies attached to the to the suit and all that stuff. So very very typical, as you'd expect, but uh, we'll see. We'll see once they confirm all this stuff, um, especially with the Jamie Lee Curtis bit. 
Then late last week, uh, according to Variety, Joby Harold has been brought aboard to write the Kenobi series. And I don't know what to think about this one, fellas. Like, I don't know. This this guy has a spotty, at best, track record. He wrote uh, Awake with Hayden Christensen in 2007. And then he wrote the nearly universally panned uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword in 2017. And to his credit, he's got a bunch of uh, really impressive producer and executive producer credits. But I, he's writing, so what does that mean? Like, how, does, how do those producer credits mean anything in this capacity? Who knows? Um, it's not a move that fills me with confidence, but I have to imagine that they saw something in him that makes him a good fit for this. But what, do, you, do you guys have any reaction to this, or is it just purely, let's wait and see? I kind of like the week. Uh, that was uh, Hayden Christensen, Jessica Alba, and um, oh man, I forgot his mother in that movie. She's a good actress. Anyways, it, I I kind of I kind of liked it. There was something about that movie that maybe it was my maybe it was the fact that it was Hayden Christensen in that in that movie that that made me um, uh, stick through it. But um, there was something that I really really enjoyed about it. Uh, as far as his other credits, that's uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't pretend to know. Like I, I didn't. Uh, the, the Robin Hood that he that he worked on was the the Russell Crowe version. Yes. So it wasn't that bad a movie. Um, and he worked with some stars and got some good performances out of Kate Blanchett and and Russell Crowe. Um, well, I don't know. I don't, did he direct that or was he a producer on that? I think he, I'm. I'm not sure. I'd be talking out of my a hole if I if I if I said I knew the difference. But um, not that I knew the difference. But if I if I knew the the, the specificity of of his role in in that project. Um, but I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. I think people are so quick to judge. Oh, this is bad. This is good. This is bad. Everything's bad. If somebody likes it and they don't like that person, then they don't like the project. Like it's like, I don't know. I, art is subjective. So, like, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get behind what you just said, and um, you have to come to the fact that Disney knows what they're doing. I would hope, and they saw something in him which could be a treatment or a, an idea that blew their socks off and they said you know what this is what we want you know sometimes some uh, some directors um make maybe one they have one masterpiece sometimes that all it and, takes and it's just one and you know what and they'll never reach that apex again in in the rest of their career and guess what? That's okay. Well, like, you know, look, look at like, Irv Irvin Kirshner. To me, he made the best movie ever made, Empire Strikes Back. But he also, then a few years later, went and did Robocop 2, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It happens, <laughs> you know? Um, like Robert Rodriguez, another guy who everybody thinks the world of, and rightfully so, the guy's a, and who is apparently directing an episode of, of season two in Ma of Mando. But he did, you know, 25 years ago, he did Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico after that. And those those are like 
I don't want to say they're they're cult favorites, but they're, they those were cool movies back in the day. And you felt well, you filmed the I think it was Once Upon a Time in Mexico. No, what's his first one? Was it Desperado the, came first? Yeah, that one was filmed with like the most minimal of minimal budgets. It was incredible. But then then he went and did Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You know, those are good movies in their own respect. You know what I mean? They're not for us. No, they're se. definitely not for us. But they were, they were no, nobody ambitious thinks projects. Yeah, I'm sure he was doing. Yeah, I'm sure he was doing it for the experience and and you know working out some technological stuff. But then he went and did Sin City and Battle Angel. So I mean, some of these yes. people can be all over the map, right? And and I I, I think we just got to kind of hang in there and and see what he did. Uh, Alita. He directed Battle Angel. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I didn't know that. Look, Spielberg uh, directed some of my uh, my my favorite movies all time, and then he did Ready Player One. So it's like, yo, you need to stop talking. <laughs> nope, that's it. That's a good movie, man. A fun movie. You just uh, gotta take it for what it is. I mean, he's done worse. I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, uh, Minority Report, films like that, are really interesting stories that, you know really would look cool on the big screen and he did a good job, but I, I feel like an ordinary director could have done that as well. well Ready Player you, One, you, not so much. With Yeah, I'm, no, I think with movies like AI and uh, I, I, I would even throw Ready Player One in there. They're solid enough movies, but when you get Spielberg, you expect uh, Schindler's, well, Schindler's, uh, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park... Like you expect that huge spectacle impact what, movie. One thing, if I can vouch for Ready Player One, one thing that I really think amplifies the gravitas of the film and its magnitude and what they actually really did is to watch the documentary and the behind the scenes stuff because it's really incredible what they had to do to achieve what they did. I'm sure a ton of work went into it. Yeah, and you maybe you need a Spielberg to pull all that off. But yeah, I mean... I thought it was just like a pretty straight up standard popcorn flick that was rooted in in all the nerdy nostalgic stuff that we love. It was definitely the the transition between real time and and tech and uh, technology, I guess, that was the challenge. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sticking with uh, with with Joby Harold here, as a producer, an executive producer, he he did Edge of Tomorrow. Which was good. Uh, John Wick Part 3, which dude bros love. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's, I guess he's been up and down, but it's. it's like dude bros. I love John Wick. It's a dude bro movie. All of them. So badass, man. He killed my dog, and now you, you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, but you know it. Like, the, the movie <laughs> plays on itself like that. It knows, you know? Yeah, sure. Sure. You didn't like John Wick? I think John Wick is just so overrated. Good grief. Oh, boy. So, the first one was so... fun. I, no, yeah, yeah, I saw the, the first one. I, I didn't see the second one, but but I really enjoyed the first one. And you know what? If I had that beagle, I'd kill all you mother... Sorry. <laughs> I, if that was my dog... Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Vengeance shall rain down upon thy head. Yeah, I just... I. The way people you know talk about John Wick, I'm like, wait a, a minute, graphic come on. Novel. 
it just reminded me like when I, after I saw the movie for the first time, I was like, how did I miss this comic? Googled it right away, like trying to look like where's the graphic novel. And it wasn't based on one, but it really feels like it was. Anyway, um, Joby Harold, I don't again, I don't know if he's starting from scratch, if he's tweaking what uh, Hossein Amini leaves behind. I think the, 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 the news about this series is so convoluted like it was a show now it's a a movie then it's a show now it's maybe going back to a movie no it's still a show i don't know what the hell's happening i really don't official reports official reports have only said that it's ever going to be a show so we got to go with that and you have to think that this even ewan mcgregor again he lied to us for four years but can't hold a guy hold against the guy but you know, he said there's nothing really to worry about here. So, of course, they're taking what Hossein Amini uh, built and they're playing upon that. You know, if they're going through a complete overhaul and rewrite and starting from ground zero, that's a bit of cause of concern. You know, even for Deborah Chow, who's still, you know, how can she say, yeah, I'm going to stay on top of something. I, I stay on board with something I have nothing I know nothing about. Well, so I, for sure, I think it's just to, to give it that extra push forward with what they need. I think they have the meat and bones. I, I just think they needed that extra push. Well, that's that's what they said. McGregor said that, that we have the scripts. We just want to take the time to make them better. And exactly. And there's that, nothing uncommon fine. about that. No, for in sure. Hollywood. You know, the script doctor. But like we also heard the report that like. They're ch- they had to change the uh, the Kenobi series because thematically it was too close to the Mandalorian. With you know Kenobi kind of looking out over Luke was too much the same same as Mando looking out over Baby Yoda. So that to me sounds like a pretty substantial uh, change. So does that require full rewrites? I don't know. I I have no idea. But we'll have to stay tuned and see how this plays out. And one thing I'm afraid of. Is what like people dig in, right? Like they make up their minds before something happens. Like m- most people are n- are not pleased with this news for one reason or another. And I think whatever they've whatever flag they've planted in the ground today with this news, they're gonna take that with them to the series. So when it comes out, they're gonna say, "Oh, this is so poorly written." What did we expect from the guy who wrote King Arthur? And and knowing that you know ninety five percent of the people that will watch Kenobi. Don't know strong writing from bad writing. They don't. They just they just watch a show and judge whether they, they like it or not. But they'll say, oh, this show is so poorly written. Oh, look, there's Joby Harold. They I think people have already made up their mind. And that's what that's what they'll bring with them. I ho- I hope we don't see that. Anyway, um, we still got a little bit of time. Uh, how about the Clone Wars? We haven't really touched base on this most recent arc. Uh, Carlos, you said you were kind of iffy on this arc or not really digging it so much? Uh, Yeah, I alluded to it earlier. Just um, I I feel for being in the underground of Coruscant and then uh, moving along uh, and and going to Kessel and uh, and this, this moral ambiguity with the sisters is I feel for that for for what that arc should be, it should feel bigger 
than than what it is, and it feels so small and not becoming of Ahsoka's character. See, I think it's 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 it serves her situation well because she has pulled out of that big grandiose Jedi Order, which was you know a, a galactic wide thing, and she's she's alone, and so I think the small scope. Uh, helps tell the story more accurately, or at least more fittingly. And we know this is where this is going to Siege of Mandalore, but it's all it like you feel. At least I, I the way I see the, I view these episodes is that Ahsoka's trying to make her own way, find her own path. But like action and and uh, the big deal, the big scope is just under the surface. It's just simmering there, and it's it, it, you almost feel it calling her back and it's unavoidable like she's going to get swept up in it in it again um, and this is just her this arc just it, what i like about it mostly is that it's it's forcing her to work through uh, her problems and challenges without having to rely on pure force powers or lightsabers or uh, leaning on her her big brother Anakin, like all that stuff. I, it, she's just she's having to figure it out in ways that she's never had to use before, like flex muscles she's never had to flex before. That's why I'm enjoying this series a lot. And you talk about like uh, Trace and Rafa in this last episode. The one I I loved the story that she told about how uh, you know the Jedi pursuing Zero and the yeah. cruiser went down and smashed uh, into the wall and her parents were killed and. The Jedi, the, the Jedi Master just came over and said, "What was that they said? Um, I had to make a choice, but the Force will be with you." And just kind of took off. And it was just like a platitude. And it was like, "Oof!" Like that—that that gets you right. Like so, you see how like this vilification of the Jedi Order for some people. And I—that's—that's I, I'm, I'm, the kind—that's what I'm getting out of this series. But what about you? How are you, how are you enjoying this, Corey? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, any Clone Wars is good Clone Wars to me. Like, the, like you said, Kyle, the, the fortune cookie at the beginning, they're all alluding to Ahsoka finding her own past, not relying on the past, uh, like just forging her own destiny, really, in her own way. But at the same time, realizing the reality of the situation is that the Jedi aren't seen as heroes throughout. And, you know, uh, for example, in this episode... When they're in Kessel, they're kind of saying like, like basically Rafa says, oh, "There's no way like that those are those are slaves. You know, an operation this big like can't go undetected by the Republic." But Ahsoka knows full well that it does and it can and it will, and it just kind of reiterates things like what really drives that home is the whole Zero story with her parents dying, like you said, Kyle. That that's the reason why Jedi she's keeping her Jedi dumb a secret. Eventually, you know, the scissors are going to find out about it probably in the next uh, episode. But uh, I'm kind of on the same page as Carlos. Like I said this earlier with the Bad Batch arc, we could have squeezed that into three episodes, I believe, you know, and it still could have been as pertinent. They just dragged it out, which is fine. That's typical Clone Wars style. But the issue for me is that we're kind of maybe spoiled in this last season of Rebels in the sense that everything came with such a fast and furious approach. And now that we know that we only had 12 seasons left, uh, 12 episodes left in this last season, confirmed last season, you'd think they'd have it a bit out of a bit of a, a higher pitch, you know, 
So this could have been three arcs, uh, three episodes, Bad Batch, three episodes. The next arc, you could have made either four and squeeze two individual things in between, like just a little more storytelling. Like I know it's a bit of a, a nag and a complaint, but I think, you know, to end up at the end of this episode, to end up exactly where they began, it's kind of like, oh, come on, man. There's only 12 episodes. Like, let's get on with this little story here. You know, I, I get it. I get where they're going. And I see now that they're bringing in the Mandalorian as well. Like we saw them uh, on the planet's surface. So that was kind of cool. You know, we're starting to see those seeds being planted. So it's probably going to be somehow that storyline is going to come together in the next episode and lead to the bigger picture in the last arc. It's just I wish we could have had a little more in between. I'm still loving it, though. Like, again, any Clone Wars is good Clone Wars, and they're doing what they usually do. It's just, uh, again, we got spoiled a bit, so I was just kind of hoping for a little more of a fever pitch. It's coming, though. I mean, this, this, the final episode of this particular arc is going to be fire. Like, with, with you know, spoilers, Bo-Katan in the picture. And uh, did, did, you notice, did you note who the other Mando that spoke? Did you know who that was? Mm-hmm. That's Ursa Ren. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was rad. For a second, I'm like, is the the voice is so armor. It's so armor, and I thought for a second, I'm like, oh my god, is the, was that Emily Swallow? And I had to check it out, but no, it was uh, <clears throat> it's Ursa Ren, which is which is really really cool. And I'm not sure who the other character was. I don't think she spoke. But man, when when those three Mandos showed up on screen, like. We were, we were we watch it here as a family the, on, on uh, Saturday night, and we all just shot up in our chair. Like, Holy shit! Like th- this is this is super cool, and I like that they teased it, and they, you know, we all thought that they'd get directly involved and bail out uh, Ahsoka and the two sisters immediately. Yeah, exactly. They they yep. didn't. I, I like that they kind of held off and said, "Nope, you're gonna wait until next week for that," because now you know where it's gonna go. Like the Mandos are gonna bust out Ahsoka and and the two sisters. And it's going to be such a great bridge uh, to the Siege of Mandalore. Like, what if you're if you ever wondered, like, how how does Ahsoka go from there to Siege of Mandalore? Like, are they just going to do an abrupt time jump? Probably not. It's probably going to be this really rad, um, like seamless thing where she, where the Mandos break her out. They tell her of the situation going on in Mandalore that they really need her help. And it's 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 gonna be this really awesome bridge. I can't wait for next week's episode and and the four that follow. Like it's it's gonna feel like a, a really cool eight episode arc. That when you look at is the, it an eight episode? Well, I mean, no. The, the way I'm I, I look at it is like this this particular arc of four episodes plus Siege of Mandalore is four. I think the the bridge episode is gonna be so tight that it's gonna feel like an eight episode arc. You know what I mean? I hope so. Well, not, not not even. I still want to see more, man. We need more clones. We need more Anakin and Obi-Wan. Well, look, just look at it this way. We weren't supposed to get this this season to begin with. So, you know, it, this this whole thing is a gift as far as I'm concerned. I, I agree with you. Trust me. Like, I, I know I sound spoiled there, but yeah. Like I said, Clone Wars doing what they do, man. Just telling stories. And I, I get it. It's just I want more. Yeah, I mean, that's it's one of the common things that we see out there is that people wanted uh, bigger, more epic stuff. 
And, you know, it's it's not like Clone Wars hasn't done this before. They've done the smaller character uh, build-up shows. They've always done that. It's all, there's, There have been... You know, well, that's what I mean, man. Like, if this season, like, you know, if it was 12 episodes or... Maybe they could have even made it a little more, you know, and just gave given us those maybe like Boba Fett Cad Bane stories or wrapped up these cool little stories on the side. Like I love those little like the gatherings and stuff like that, you know, like those kind of episodes. Yeah, but I mean, like, like they they had a, they had stories. I mean, this is Filoni. This is these were probably his choices to make. Like, what stories do you want to tell, Dave? Well, here's the story I want to tell, and he 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 has talked about how. Uh, the Clone Wars is Ahsoka and Rex show, and like I said, on uh, you know we had a, an upcoming episode of of Luminous Beings. Like he has said before, like this is the the, the show is Ahsoka and Rex. I don't know if he always planned it that way, but it ended up that way. And I think you know uh, as That's far as Ahsoka, thing. <laughs> as far as Ahsoka goes, like I'm not really all that surprised and definitely not upset that uh, you know, two thirds of this final season is devoted to, to developing that character in a time of her life that we've not really touched yet. So uh, I'm down uh, again. It's, I, I, and I'm really like blowing sunshine up the skirt of this, ep, of this arc. It's not, I'm not saying it's by any stretch, my favorite arc. Like it, it you know, it, it, this arc probably will not end up on my Mount Rushmore of arcs when it comes to clone wars, but I've, I've really enjoyed uh, the layering it's brought to, to the Ahsoka character who, course broken record I, I love that character so to see them fold in this character development for hers i, I love it i i'm, I'm super down and so i think for me too i i don't i don't want to have to justify my, my 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 reasoning but there's a part of me that that needs to in a sense because if let's say this was season seven but we we knew that there was a season eight and a season nine i i i would accept it a little bit more but knowing that it's a there's a finality to the Clone Wars, I kind of want it to be bigger. That's all. That's just, that's just. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I get that for sure. And I, I mean, the story is interesting with the sisters and stuff, but it's like, it, it, like t- the clock is ticking, and there's only like what eight episodes left. Not even. So there's five. Not even. Yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah, not enough. But I think we're, I we're think past the halfway point. I think when we get. I think when when we look back, we're gonna look at season seven and go, but man oh man, when they got to that that eighth episode and the Siege of Mandalore arc, I think people are gonna just lose their minds. Like the things that I've, that people have said, like Sam Witwer has talked about uh, the Siege of Mandalore arc, and he's like, people are gonna lose their minds, they're gonna absolutely lose their minds. The coolest stuff happens in in that arc, and I believe it. Like that that arc is gonna be so rad. Yeah, hopefully you get some, like, if the show, like you said, is about Rex and Ahsoka, hopefully we not necessarily get closure there, but some closure and some moving forward connective tissue for the next time we see them again. No doubt. I'm sure that it will all be there, as the canon junkies we are. Um, or, or, or the final last meeting between Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, that's probably what this will be and until Twilight of the Apprentice. Because like the the Ahsoka novel does sort of touch on that, and, and if this the Siege of Mandalore arc looks like it will overlap with um, with or but right up to to uh, Revenge of the Sith and kind of overlap in that regard, 
and that's touched on in the Ahsoka novel. And if they, unless they blow that little interlude out, you know, they're they're going to have to stick to some of the facts that they they established in that little interlude. And uh, during Order sixty six, like Ahsoka kind of feels the same way that uh, Kenobi felt when when Alderaan got blown to smithereens. Like she just felt like this terrible thing happened, and so she kind of tries to reach out. Uh, to connect to Anakin's presence in the Force, and she can't feel it because he's he's, you know, air quotes. Now he's Vader. Like Anakin's dead, she can't feel it, and she can't feel Obi Wan. And it's like she she's she's terrified, and she has no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be fascinating to see. And people are, I think, if they stick to the facts, I think, you know, man, oh man, Siege of Mandalore is gonna be great. Well, anyway, anything else you guys want to talk about uh, as far as this episode goes? No, it's good. It's fun. The animation's great. I love Ahsoka's new outfit. The coveralls? Just, yeah, they're <laughs> kind of cool. Suits. Yeah, it works pretty well, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the little nods to like the old Kenner action figures they're putting into this ep- these episodes. Like the blue snaggletooth at the beginning. And I think he was in the first... The first episode as well, and the the hammerhead character, and also yeah, those guys, they were pretty strong, man. Yeah, and but the, I think Walrus Man in the first episode of the arc was there too. They're just straight up uh, ripoffs of of the uh, or adaptations of the Kenner action figures. It's hilarious. Like, go back and check that out. It's it's so funny. I'll say Tra- Trace is a crack shot. I'll say that like. For the first time handling a gun, well, maybe not, we don't necessarily know that, but Trace kind of alluded to that, I guess. Rafa, maybe not. But man, like, the animation as well was really, like, slick, you know, like, with her running and shooting the gun. I found it was really well done. But man, she was, like, really pegging people off, man. Like, nice shots. Like, oh, damn. Every time she got someone, you know. And even Ahsoka, like, you know, Jedis can't kill and all that, but she's like, eh. Eh, like lifting the guy out of his spot so that he can ah, get Jedi's kill all the time. I know it's so funny. I love it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with this. We're, we're eh. watching the pikes, you know, like four pikes chasing I didn't after pull these the trigger. <laughs> the pikes can't hit anything, right? And my son just these guys shoot worse than stormtroopers. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Awesome. I mean, they, it's, it's 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 like the GI Joe thing, right? Like. There's thousands of laser blasts floating through the air, but not not a one hits anything. But a lot of time in Star Wars, too, it's almost like I feel like I can almost dodge some of that stuff, you know, the way it's coming at me, like the way it moves on camera. Yeah, I mean, they got to slow it down a little bit. But yeah, anyway, uh, we'll see where it, where it ends next week. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think things are going to get much bigger. Do you uh, think so the Mandalorians are going to be involved? Well, I think those three are certainly going to be involved. <laughs> Ursa Ren and Bo-Katan and whoever the third person was. I think, yeah, for sure. So I think I think we'll see some pretty cool Mando, Ahsoka, and Martez sister action. That's going to be great. Okay, guys, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here for this week. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the podcast, send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And uh, that we'll, we'll, we'll answer your questions, your comments, anything you want. You want to throw at us? We'll talk about it then. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to Matt Keegan, 
who was the first and only person who reached out uh, following our interview last week with Mike Morisi. And Kigo's going to get a copy of Black Star Renegades for answering the two questions correctly. Uh, nice. So, yeah. So, uh, way to go, Kigo. That's that's going <laughs> to... I don't know when he's going to get that. Uh, we've, we've spoken. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, just don't send it until this whole pandemic thing passes. So, who knows when that will be. But Kigo won. Good for him. Thanks for listening, Matt. And uh, at some point, you will get Black Star Renegades. Send it now. By the time he gets there, it'll be 18 months. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, shout out to our good pal Rob Wade from Talk Star Wars for endorsing this episode of the part- podcast as part of the E14 Endorse program, which Rob also runs at Emotionally14.com. So go check that out. Check out some great content there. Uh, and also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got a bunch of great shows. Everybody talking about the galaxy far, far away in their own unique ways. Go check it out on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider, or you can find our group on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. You can find us all in all those wonderful places. Uh, so with all that out of the way, gents, where can we find you on social media, Carlos? You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the funny Carlos. Uh, I try to be funny uh, during this time. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that it's always successful. I think it is sometimes because I'm sarcastic and it's fun. Um, yeah, so you can check that out and, uh, you can also check out, uh, C Candido music, uh, or cardoscandidomusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Well, guys, during these trying times, I'd definitely like you to hit me up at chop rules with a Z on the Twitter machine and cause going to take it away from here, but hit us up in our closed Facebook group where it's always comfy, cozy, like a blanket. Absolutely. Come join us in that closed uh, Tumbling Saber Facebook group. It's, 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 it, like Corey said, it's nice and cozy in there. Uh, all, all a bunch of good pals just having a good time with the galaxy far, far away. No nonsense like you find on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. Just a bunch of fun. Uh, so come check it out if you need more Star Wars conversation. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Tumbling Saber or on Instagram at Tumbling Saber. I'll be happy to connect with you on either or both, both platforms. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, patron supporters get an episode of Luminous Beings later this week. Uh, and for everybody else, we will catch you in an episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast next week. But, but thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Don't believe it, don't believe it.
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really Running away, darling. Please don't. 